0: This is KMTT, and this is Ezrabik. Today is Wednesday, Adar, and we have the pleasure of welcoming back Rabbi Yamin Tavori, who unfortunately was unable to give the share last week when he was ill, and he has returned to say the weekly share called the Weekly Mitzvah. After the share, I'll be back with the Yomit.
1: This week is Shabbat Parashat Zachor, where we read the mitzvah of remembering Amalek, and we also mention the mitzvah of Mechias Amalek, of destroying Amalek. There are two parashas in the Torah where they talk about Amalek. The Parsha in Beshalach, which records the historical event at the time of the war with Amalek, the Kaddish says, Ketov Zod Zikaron Basefer, the simple interpretation means that Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe write this down in the sefer, in the book, and teach it to Yoshua. Because I will destroy the memory of Amalek in this world. And the Torah ends that parsha. The war is between God and Amalek. Midor-dor, for all eternity. In Parashat Ki Tetzay, the parasha that we read this Shabbat as the Maftir, the Torah emphasizes that you should destroy Amalek. Ki et Amalek mitachat First it says, remember Amalek? And then it says, ki you should obliterate Amalek from this world. Rashi in Chumash tries to reconcile the two Parshiot. whereas in Parshat B'shalach it seems that the mitzvah is not incumbent upon Bnei Israel, rather that a Baruch who said. I will destroy Amalek. Uh, on the other hand, in Parashat Ki it says You should destroy Amalek. So Rashi explains in Parashat B'Shalach, Right Write down. This is the historical lesson that we should remember, and that's one mitzvah. That's parallel to the mitzvah that we re- that we read in Ki Tetzei, Zachor Teishasadchem Malek. The only thing is, we learn here Ketov Zodzikelam Basefer that the zechira also should be ha-sefer. But Vesimba is not Yoshua. Rashi explains Vesimba is not Yoshua. Yisrael laaretz, she Yisrael leshalem not gemulah. Teach this to Yoshua, who will be the one, according to Rashi, who will be the one who brings Bnei Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, and therefore at that time he should pay Amalek their true desserts. Kanir Moshe. This is already a hint that Yeshua will, is the one who will bring B'nai to Israel. This opinion of Rashi explains that both in Kitetzei and in B'Shalach there are two mitzvahs mentioned. One mitzvah is remembering Amalek, either Zachor or K'tov Zod and the mitzvah of Destroying Amalek in Kitaitse, it says, Tim but in Bishalach it says, Vesimbas Yoshua. This apparently is an allusion to the idea that the mitzvah of Machias Amalek does not apply until B'nai Israel enter Eretz Israel. As the Rambam says in Hilchas Melach in Perak Aleph, there are three mitzvahs that are incumbent upon B'nai Israel when they enter Eretz Israel. One, to appoint a king, one to destroy Amalek, and one to build the Beis HaBekhira. The Rambam says the order is that appointing a king is a precondition for Melchemes Minuimelech Minu'i Melech, Kodem LeMechemes Apparently, this mitzvah is a mitzvah that applies to the community when they enter Eretz Israel. They, as a community, as an as an entity, as a nation, have a mitzvah of mechias hamalek. But that mitzvah apparently did not apply before B'nai Yisrael came to Eretz Yisrael. The This mitzvah was taught to Yoshua in order that Yoshua should understand that some a mitzvah that applies to him when he comes to Eretz Yisrael. The Rambam says in Hilchos Melachim Parakeh Halacha Hey. Vikhein mitzvat aseil abedzehamalek. There is similarly, we'll explain that in a moment. There is similarly a mitzvah to to destroy the memory of Amalek. Shinemak Timchay Amalek. And there's another mitzvah, U mitzvah Sasai, this kar Tamid Haraim Barivaso. There's also a mitzvah daraisa to remember their evil actions. The preceded that mitzvah of Amalek by explaining another mitzvah. Mitzvah Shivas There's a requirement, a mitzvah Saseh, to wipe out the seven nations who lived in Eretz Israel at the time when Yeshua entered Eretz Israel. When Yeshua with the Bnei Israel entered Eretz Israel, the seven nations that lived there were involved in this mitzvah of Hacharem Tacharimimim. Destroy them. Then the Ramam says, the Rambam says, Anyone who has a chance to kill one of the Shivas Anamin and did not do so contradicted the Lotase, the Torah said, Do not leave anyone alive. It's noteworthy that the Ram did not say this in connection with Amalek. In connection with Amalek, the Ram wrote that there's a mitzvah I say to destroy the memory of Amalek. abed zeich Amalek. but he did not say, kol yado echad harago over isor. The Ram didn't say someone who could have, any individual who could have met with a, a, one of the Amalekim and destroyed him is over some sort of an isor. The Ram did not say that at all. Apparently, there's a distinction between the concept of mechias Amalek and hacharamah shevasamimim. We'll get back to that later, but I'd like to first point out that the Rambam adds at the end of Mitzvah Dalid, the Mitzvah Sasei l'acharim the Rambam adds at the very end, there is a Mitzvah of destroying shevasamimim, uchvar avad zichram. However, their memory has already been forgotten. This, of course, refers to the concept that the genealogy of nations was destroyed at the time of Samcheiref, and we say Bilbelos Today, there are no longer any nations that existed upon that time. People who live in Greece today are called Greeks, but biologically, genealogically, we do not assume that they are the the descendants of the original Greek people. And so, with the Mitzvahim, and obviously so much more so with the Yevusim, the Girgashim, the Chivim, they don't exist today. For all practical purposes, we don't have any such person today. So therefore the mitzvah of Hachim does not apply It's not It is a mitzvah on It's a mitzvah that would apply for all generations. If we had one of the seven nations, there would be a mitzvah to, to kill him. However, there is no such person today. The mitzvah does not apply today because... We don't have any, any such person. And it's famous that the Rambam in Halacha Hei, when he discusses Amalek, does not add that phrase, uchvar avat zichram. The Rambam says the mitzvah of destroying Amalek applies, and it seems to be that it applies today. Even though, biologically, genealogically, we should assume it would be the same as Shiva samimim, kvar But the Rambam did not say that. It's well known in the name of Reb Chaim that he explained that Amalek is not merely a biological phenomena. Shiva Amimim is haloch in biology. There's a mitzvah to destroy the Shivas Amimim and any descendant of the Shivas Amimim there would be a mitzvah to destroy. If today we do not have such a descendant then this mitzvah by definition could not apply. However, Amalek, according to Reb Chaim is not just a biological consideration. There is a concept called Amalek. The concept of Amalek is the root of evil in the world. Yisod haraba olam. If there are people who are so evil, without any redeeming grace whatsoever, people who wage war, who want to kill people just because they want to kill people, just because they're evil, the Rambam would rule that these people are amalek, even bizmanaze. This, of course, is a very dangerous concept, because who is going to determine who is amalek? How would we implement such a halacha? This is beyond the capability of of myself, and certainly not to give a she'er and to, to discuss any possible practical ramifications of such a concept. But, however, in the world of Torah, in the world of thought. The Chaim explained that anybody who represents Amalek, in the words of the Rambam, the mitzvah of Amalek is to remember masav haroim his evil actions. in order to stimulate our hatred to an Amalek. And it's well known that the Rambam thinks Amalek, like any other nation, can do tshuva. An amaleki a biological Amaleki, who would do tshuva, who would accept the Sheva Mitzvah Bnei Noach, is accepted, and we have uh, perfect permission to allow him to live and to welcome him into our community. A source for the Rambam may be, since for, a source for the concept of this Rambam as the lucid might be from the famous Madrish that the Medrash says that Haman, the, the Pasuk says, Haman seems to be a descendant of Agag, a descendant of Amalek. The Medrash asks, was he really a descendant of Amalek? Was he biologically, was Haman a bi- biological descendant of Amalek? He was evil, he was mean, he was rotten, he wanted to kill the Jews for no reason, except for the fact that he dis- disliked Jews, hated Jews and wanted to kill them. This seems to be that a source that Amaleki is not just a, bio- a biological phenomena, but it's a concept in the world of thought. Therefore, the Rambam would not say, Uchvar This does not mean to negate that Amalek might also be a bi- biological phenomena. Anybody in Amalek, the natural descendants of Amalek should be destroyed. Those descendants do not exist today. But the only thing we do have left is the concept of rabba olam, the concept of evil in the world. That mitzvah would apply today as well. This would raise many other issues that we will discuss. Is this a on the individual? A chiyov hayachit? Or is this a chiyov Is this a national requirement? Obviously, if we're talking about killing individuals, then you could discuss whether it's a chiy of hayachid or chiy a of If there's a mitz, is there's an iser to kill one person, you could say that there is a an iser to l- allow anyone to live. However, in the ideas to wipe out the nation, to wipe out a concept, it would be very difficult to imagine that the mitzvah would be a chiy of hayachid. The mitzvah should be a chiy of Therefore, the Rambam, when he discusses the mitzvah of Shivas Amemim, the Rambam says, Kol echad Any individual who has the capability of destroying one of the seven nations and does not do so transgresses the But the Rambam did not say that by Mechias HaMolek. By Mechias Samalek, it seems to be a mitzvah sa'zibur, a requirement that's incumbent upon the community. But there is no such in- requirement on any individual. Therefore, an individual who met an Amaleki, who did not kill him, according to the Rambam, does not seem to be over any Iser at all. It would be interesting to contrast the Shita HaRambam, this opinion of the Rambam, with the opinion of the Sefer Achinuch. In the Sefer Achinuch, it says, by the mitzvah of Harigash Shav- Sheva Amim." By the mitzvah of killing the seven nations, the Ramam said, se, the HaChinuch adds one more dimension. Anybody who could have the opportunity to kill one of the Shiva samim, without endangering himself. Now, that caveat is not found in the Rambam. Niblisha Yistakin Badafah, without being involved, without endangering himself. Now, that seems strange, because war always involves some sort of sakana. How could there be a concept of going to war and saying there? It's you go to war only if there's no sakana? The minchas chinuch on the mitzvah when that mitzvah, the Minich Hashinuch discusses this point, and says, this requires further clarification. It's true that all mitzvahs are, can be abandoned, not need to be fulfilled when there's a question of sakana. But this mitzvah, the Torah told us to fight. the Torah told us to fight. The Torah doesn't rely on miracles. The normal concept of war, people do get killed. The Torah told us to go to war. If the Torah told us to go to war, then the Torah told us to be involved in Sakana. So how could the the say that you should go to war, you should destroy Amalek, without being endangered. And therefore, he says, this requires further clarification. The answer, of course, would be simple. If there's a Chiyuv HaTzibur, if there's a Chiyuv to go to Milchama, you're right. Chiyuv Milchama is a Chiyuv that applies to a community, and in that community of war, it's natural, normal, unfortunately, that people will be killed on both sides. Therefore, if the Torah told us to go to war, obviously the Torah told us to go to war, and even though there is a life-threatening situation, but the war warrants entering such a situation. However, in Shivas Samamim, there's no mitzvah of going to war. The mitzvah is each or chiyuv It's a on each individual. Each individual who would kill one of the Shivas Samamim fulfills a mitzvah. And therefore, anyone who does not kill one of the Shivas Amonim with when he has a chance, and the chinuch adds the caveat Belishi is the davar. Then he's mevatel and ase, and he's over a lot ase. By mechiasa malik, on the other hand, the Sefer Achinuch the says by lahachrisaroshalam malik. The Rama, the Achinuch says mitzvah ta'afrei shdalit. zos menah mitzvahs hamutalas al There he says again clearly. This is a mitzvah that impl- applies to the entire community. And he quotes that Gemar and Sanhedrin, that there are three mitzvahs that apply when we come to Eretz Yisrael. We've pointed out, Rashi says, the this is a mitzvah that applies to Yoshua when he enters Eretz Israel to appoint a king, to have a base of and to destroy Amalek. But however, the Chinuch then goes on, not like the Rambam, and says, the MS... Ki al kol mutal However, this is a chi of yachid also. According to the Sefer ha there are two halakhis. By shiva Amanim, the halakh is to kill each individual. That's certainly a chi of yachid By Amalek, there's a chi of zibur The chi of Hatzibur is to kill the entire community of Amalek. To destroy Amalek. And this mitzvah applies when you enter Israel, when you have a melech, applies to the whole tzibur. However, there, he says there is another Chiyuv HaTzib, hayachid, im yesh koach biyadam. Now that is an interesting phrase. He doesn't say miblisha yestakin badova. He doesn't say without endangering himself. He says in yesh koach Could we interpret in yesh koach to be a parallel phrase without endangering himself? Is questionable he says again, means he could do it. Does it mean endangering himself? That is not as clear in the mitzvah Amalek as it is in shivas Samimim. By shivas Samim it's clear that you do not have to endanger yourself. By Amalek, it's not that clear. But according to the Chinuch, there definitely are two chiyuvim. There's a chiyuv hayachid and a chiyuv hatzibur. And that chiyuv hayachid is B'chal Makam zman. That mitzvah doesn't seem to apply only when B'nai Yisrael enter Eretz Israel with a melech. B'chal Makam zman. I would like to suggest that the two mitzvahs would depend upon the real definition of the halacha of Mechia Samalek. If Mechia Samalek is biological, the same as it is by Shiva Samamim, then it's possible to say there would be a chiv ha-yachid to kill each individual amaleki. I would then, of course, use the phrase kvar avad to this side of the halacha as well. The ram doesn't have this whole concept of a chiv hayochid, but in the sefer achinuch where the chiv ha-yachid is mentioned, I would say that if you think by shiva Slamim kvar avad zichram, you would say the same is true by amalek. However, besides the Chiyuv HaYachid to kill each individual, there's a Chiyuv Hatsibur to destroy Amalek and to wipe out evil in the world. This Chiyuv, would seem to me, could not be a Chiyuv HaYachid. It's just not within the capability of a Yachid to wipe out evil in the world, to wipe out the whole nation of Amalek. Therefore, this Chiyuv would seem to be the Chiyuv Hatsibur, which does not apply to the Yachid. To the so, according to the Rambam, I have a chiyuv hayachid by, by shiva samim, whereas by amalek I have a chiyuv On the other hand, according by according to the sefer achinuch, I have a chiyuv hayachid both by amalek and by shiva Samanim. But by shiva samim I do not have a chiyuv I only have a chiyuv ha- hayachid. Whereas by amalek I have two Alachas, both a chiyuv Hatsibur and a chiyuv hayachid. This would raise another issue. Namely, are women obligated in this mitzvah? The Rambam says it's a Chiyav Hatzibur, mitzvahs haselabit zechamal, like he doesn't distinguish, it doesn't mention if men are Chayyav or women are Chayyav. By the mitzvah of Shiva Samanim, there the Sefer HaChinuch says clearly, noheges heges mitzvah zubis chharma unikevos. This mitzvah, the mitzvah of wiping out Shiva Samamim, applies both to male and female. Women are also obligated. The mitzvah is to kill every any individual, every individual of Shiva Samim, and whoever has the capability of doing so is Muchyev, a woman, a man, makes no difference. By mechemes Amalek, in the mitzvah of Amalek, so the real clue to it is in the mitzvah of Zechiras Amalek. There is a mitzvah to remember Amalek. The Sefer Achinuch says in Mitzvah Tav Gimel, the Mitzvah remembering Amalek, Noheges is Mitzvah zu Bechol Mokom Zman. This is an eternal Mitzvah, to remember Amalek. However, he says B'zcharim. This Mitzvah only applies to men. Ki v'nikmas Because they are the ones who go to war. They are the ones who avenge the enemy. Lo He says clearly the Mitzvah of Zechiras Amalek the mitzvah that we do, this Shabbos, Parashah Zachar, the Sefer HaChinuch is a Rishon who says that women are not obligated in this mitzvah at all. This is a mitzvah that applies only to men. Why? Because Ki lahem la'asos The Minch argued with the Sefer Achinuch on two counts. He says, in general, this is, a mitzvah, this is not a mitzvah that's contingent upon time. And therefore, we require some sort of a Chiddush to tell me that women are not obligated in this mitzvah. And he says, "What's the reason?" The the explanation of the chinuch is that women don't go to war. He says women do go to war. Whether women go to war or not go to war, the chinuch argues with the minchas if women do go to war or not. An issue which is not now the time to discuss. However, the second issue is relevant to. The chiyah of Samalek with the the minchas chinuch says, who told you that the mitzvah of zechiras Samalek is contingent upon the mitzvah of destroying amalek? Maybe they're two separate mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah of remembering amalek in order just to remember evil in the world, just to remember the concept of amalek. The mitzvah of mechias Samalek doesn't apply to, might not apply to women, but that would not mean the mitzvah of zechiras Samalek would not apply to women. You see that the sefer achinuch can contrasted the two mitzvahs, and the Sefer HaChinuch said, if your women are not chayef in Mechias samalek and therefore they're not chayef in Pasha Zachar as well, in the mitzvah of Zechias If it's a Mechiv Sibur, and the Mechiv Sibur is a concept of going to war, then somehow we can understand the idea of the Sefer HaChinuch that women don't go to war. Mechias samalek is a mitzvah of war. On the other hand, shivas Samami is a mitzvah of individuals. Women are chayef in the mitzvah of individuals, but not in the Chiv of war. However, the Chinuch himself said there are two mitzvahs by Amalek. There's one M'chiv HaTzibur and there's one Chiv HaYachid. What about the Chiv HaYachid? Should that apply to women? If you would ask me, it would seem to me obvious that it should apply to women. The same way the mitzvah applies to men and women according to the Chinuch, the mitzvah Amalek, as individuals, as the concept of Kol echad meyam harago, that Chiv should apply to women as well. And surprisingly, we find in the Chinoch, he says clearly, this mitzvah only applies to males. Very difficult to understand. This mitzvah of in, of destroying Shivas of, uh, Amamim applies to men and women. Why doesn't this mitzvah of destroying Amalek? If it's a concept of Tzibor, I, mean, I understand. Council of Tzibur is milchama. Women are exempt from milchama, but if you say it's a mitzvah of each individual as as well, like the chinuch does add over mizeram malek. So why should he say this chiyuv applies to only to the 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 minchas chinuch of course asks this question, but he asks first that even if it would be a war, women would be, would be chiyuv. He says, This mitzvah, even if it means going to war, women are, are exempt. My argument is a little different. I understand that you could argue that with women, going to war is not a, a concept for women. The Gemara of Kalamich Pasa, we can discuss at a different time. However, the of Hayachid, which seems to be clear in the Sefer HaChinuch that there is a of as well. Why would that not apply to women as well? The other problem in the Chinuch is when he said, as we mentioned before, yesh kach BiAdam." Yesh kach BiAdam means with sakana without without sakana. If you would interpret that the Sefer HaChinuch thinks you should kill individuals of a Malik, even with sakana. He just says, Sipik si means if you can do it. But it could be, could be you, you endanger yourself. Then you might suggest that there is really a basic Chiyuv of Mechiyas according to the Sefer Ha-Khinuch. The basic Chiyuv is like the Rambam said, is a Chiyuv Sibur. And that mitzvah is with danger, even if it involves danger. The mitzvah is a Chiyuv only upon the king when you enter Eretz Yisrael. However, Mr there is a mitzvah which is some sort of an adjunct to this mitzvah, which we learned from the original mitzvah, that besides the original mitzvah, there's another varia- variety of the mitzvah, which is the chiv Hayachid. If that would be true, then the chiv Hayachid would have to conform to the chiv hat-zibur. Even though it would only be a chiv Hayachid, it should apply to women, as well as men, it should also only apply when there is no case of Sakana, But since we would assume that the mitzvah of the the yachid stems from the Chiyu of Hatzibor, perhaps the laws of the Tzibor would apply even in this case, and therefore would only apply to men, and it would apply to them, even if they would have to endanger themselves. We mentioned before that there is a mitzvah of destroying Amalek. L'chaorah, the mitzvah would have been to kill the last one of Amalek. Not to kill each individual. By shiva Samimim, There's a mitzvah per se of killing every single person. By shiva by mechias amalek, the mitzvah is timchazei Amalek, to destroy amalek. And again, the the sefer achinu's would be that the chi of hayyachi would apply to anyone would then be a very big chiddush because it would seem that the mitzvah is to eradicate. Doing killing, let's say, let's say there are twenty amalekim left in the world, so killing nineteen. Would be a uh, hechidimsa to get to the twentieth, but the real mitzvah would be to kill the twentieth person, to kill the last person. Like the Rambam says, mitzvah la'ab la'abed zech amalek. The mitzvah is to destroy amalek. Whereas by and there is no particular halacha of losichayekonisham. We mentioned before that according to the Rambam, the way Reb Chaim explained amalek is not just a biological concept. It's a concept of evil in the world. The Baron Salavachic used to explain the Pasuk in Parashas Kiseitze, that we read the Shabbos, Asher baderech, v'ata ayev Amalek attacked us when we were on the road, when we were weak. He attacked the stragglers, the weak people in Am Yisrael. And, lo Yare Elohim, who wasn't yarei Elohim, is a question in, in Mepharshim, in Chumash. Was it Amalek that wasn't afraid of God? Was they attacked some of the Jews who were not yarei Elohim? Be that as it may, the Torah specifically explained the situation under which Amalek attacked. The Baron explained that there are different reasons for war in the world. Some wars, a war of self-defense can certainly be justified. There are wars that we understand that people fight, whether we would agree with them, whether we would say it's correct, proper to do so, is questionable, but at least we can understand the motive. There's a concept of war for imperialism, conquering other lands. There are religious wars that people fight to show or to bring their source of the morality of the world into the world whether we agree or not at least I can understand there is such a concept there is a concept of fighting for the thrill of fighting for an aggressive war where you have a macho type of thing where people want to show their strength the Torah specifically explained that all these causes of war did not apply to Amalek Asher karcha baderach. They attacked you on the road. It was not self defense. Amalek attacked the Jewish people. Baderech, on the road, we had no land. There was no reason to conquer. There was nothing to conquer. They attacked a weak segment of the people. There was no thrill. There was no excitement in having such a war. It wasn't a religious war either. So, why did they fight? What was the reason for the attack of Amalek? There is no reason other than pure, unadulterated hatred and evil. This is the concept of Amalek. The concept of Amalek is like a snake, a nachash, which has no benefit from killing people. Engitron <speaking> yitron <Hebrew> the Pasuk says in Kohelet, there is no benefit for the snake to kill people, but it's the nature of the snake; it's the evil nature and character of a snake, and therefore we pass in the Mishnah and Bava by a Nachash a kodem zacha. Anyone who can kill the Nachash is doing a meritorious act. Zacha. The same would be true of Timchez Zeicher Amalek, removing Amalek, removing the concept of Amalek from the world. Of course, the ultimate concept of the world. Is to rebuild the glory of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which was somehow diminished by Amalek. Ki Al Keska, the pasuk said in Bishalach, Ki Al Keska, there is a hand on the throne of God. And as we know in the Medrash, case is a, an abbreviation of the word Kisei. Ka is some sort of an abbreviation of Yudkei Vavke, En Kis Oshalein En Kolzman Amalek is in the world Ki Ilu the throne of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the dominion of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu itself is not complete in this world. And therefore we dive in Vahayah Hashem al kol Haaretz V'yom Ahu You
0: have been listening to Harav Binyamin Tavoli the year on the weekly Mutzvah for Parshat Tetzaveh. Now for today's Halachayomit. The Gemara... In Barachot Tavchet says, The Olam yichanes Adam shiur shnei Ptachim vebeit ha yitpale. person should enter the shiur, the amount of two doorways into the Beit and only afterwards Daven. There are three explanations given in the Vishonim for what this Havacha means, not for its reason, but for what the words actually mean. The two quotes all three, as does the Shulchan Aruch. The first explanation, which is the first, it's given by Tosfot on Davchet, is that it refers to the distance. When one, when one enters a shul, one should not dive in right next to the doorway, but one should enter at least the distance, the width of two doorways. Al-Pidin, the, it doesn't mention in here, but we shown him, explained that the amount, the width, the minimum width of a doorway is four Tfachim. So two doorways is eight Fachim. One should enter eight Fachim into the shul and not daven next to the door. Eight Fachim is not a lot. It's uh, s- and about 80 about eighty centimeters, not even a meter, two and a half feet. But One should not daven next to the door, but one should enter further in. The reason would often appear to be obvious, someone standing by the door gives the impression that he's on his way out. He, he can't be just a daven, but he's going to leave it as quickly as possible. He wants to be the first one the first one to leave and I think the idea is that you. All, it's not only that one should daven in a shul you should stand here and not there you should stand within the walls and not outside the walls the reason one, why one davens in a shul is because one is supposed to spend time in shul the uh, pasuk of David I want to to dwell in the house of God. And and Beit Knesset is not just a space where one davenes It's Beit Hashem. You're visiting God in his house. So you don't stand by the doorway and, and quickly give him a message. If I was dropping by my neighbor's house, I wanted to tell him that his car he left the lights on his car, I would knock on the door and not bother going inside. But you're coming to, to spend a little bit of time with a Hu. you're visiting God. Before you should speak to him, so come all the way in and, and sit down in a proper place. The Shulchan Aruch Machaber Paskins it's mentioned, it mentioned in Samishonim that if this is the reason then if there is a Makom Kavua and it's your Makom Kavua in other words the Shul is very crowded they're not wasting any space there are seats all the way in the back and your seat is a seat that's very close to the door that's okay because it's not that this space is bad the space is within the Shul the reason why this space is bad is because it's not Yeshivat keva. you're not actually sitting in Shul dwelling in Shul you're just peeking in. So if you have a makam kavua, then it's okay. Second explanation given by Sami Shonam and quoted in the Torah is, this is the explanation of the Maharam, the Maharam in Rutenberg, is that when one is next to the door, one is liable to be distracted by the outside. In other words, you're standing by the door, but you're looking outside and the thing's happening because it's the street, and that'll distract you and it interferes with one's kavana. According to this, the uh, uh, Makava says, if the door is not a door to the outside, but a door to an anteroom, to, a, to an entrance hall, then there's no problem, because there are all these things happening, but the outside is especially attractive, there's street traffic. But if it's just to another room, then it's okay. The third explanation given in, by some shonim. it's the second explanation of Tosfot in Barachot, is that Shnei Ptachim does not refer to distance, but to time. When one enters Shul, one should wait the amount of time that's called passing through two doors, and only afterwards, and only afterwards daven. It's similar in its reasoning to the first idea. Those you're not just dropping by and giving a quick message. You come in, and you, first you sit down or stand up, whatever. But first you make yourself at home, and then you speak, and then you speak to God. The shush neptachim of according to this explanation is it's hard to imagine. It means the same thing as the first explanation, although Tosfot doesn't say so. That it's eight. The amount of time it takes to walk eight fachim is less than a second. It seems, It seems an amazing halacha that they say you should wait three quarters of a second and not daven immediately. It's almost the same thing. So offhand, I think the explanation would have to be the amount of time it would take to go through two different doorways. In other words, to pass through two rooms. To enter a door, pass through a normal sized room and get to the next door. Um, which means that when you enter shul, you should see yourself as entering the room and, and also entering the next room. And, it was, uh, and then going inside. There's like a hallway and a, the place, the living room. The dining room where you sit with God, where you stand before God and speak to Him. The Prima Gadim says that this third explanation refers to the time after you get to your seat. Not to the time you enter the room. Since tuptachim is not distance from the Petach, he says it's not even time from the Petach, from the doorway. It's when you get to your place don't start talking right away first wait a little bit he doesn't explain how much time you should wait a little bit and then and then daven that's the prima god in it's not mentioned in the in the bishonum the concludes that the that you should be machmir, like all three perushim there was not daven next to the doorway not daven immediately and also, not be dabbing in a place where you're looking outside and being distracted. I think that would probably apply even to a window which which looked out onto, onto the street. If all three exceptions to the rule apply, in other words, you have a makom kavua there, so then it's okay according to the first thing. And it's not looking outside, but only to another room. Therefore it's okay according to the second explanation. And, and uh, You've waited the minimum amount of time, then there should be no. Then there should be no problem. However, the Ramani post Poskim will say that under no conditions the exceptions mentioned in the shulchan aruch do not apply, and you should never daven next to next to the doorway. And they claim that that is why they claim it as a halakha, that when you build a shul, there should be a room within a room. In other words, there should be a a anteroom, a some sort of a entrance room outside the shul papa which would be considered to be the outer doorways to the shul, and therefore nobody opens right next to the door, not next to the, the true door, and there's no outside to look at, and then there's no problem, and that's why the minig is to have an anterimum. To us this may seem a strange thing, because we would never think of building a building without an anterimum. They have to hang up their coats, they have to have a bulletin board, there's all sorts of things, it's just normal architecture. But in more ancient times, when real estate was expensive and building costs were high, uh, and shuls, in fact, many older shuls really don't have an anteroom. You walk in, you're inside. Moshe was saying, no, it's better to build it uh, with another room so that uh, you never have a situation whereby you're just popping in, either in time or in space, and not detaching yourself from what's going outside. I just threw in all three perushim and before you die. halacha lemaisa. Again, eight Fahim is not very much. But I think the idea behind the halacha should perhaps be fulfilled even beyond the technical shiur. Diving next to the door indicates something about how much you feel at home, where you really want to be, how fast you plan to leave. One should enter a decent amount into shul, wait a certain amount of time, not come at the very, very last second and immediately uh, begin to daven. The idea is that we should view as sh- shul as a place where we are visiting and not just passing through in order to leave a small message with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's it for today. Tomorrow year will be in Parshat HaShavua for Parshat HaTzaveh. Until then, this is Ezra Beck wishing you Kol Tov V'yom speaking from Yeshivat HaRetsyon in Goshetsyon. This has been KMTT Ki Mitzion Te'etzei Torah Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.